Here we go again. Another week, another service, another sermon. I rarely, if ever, feel ready. You'd think after 15 years, I would feel confident, but I'm still nervous, mostly always insecure. I know God's word is powerful, but I feel so weak. Pathetic is probably more like it. No matter how much I work, no matter how hard I try, I just never feel like I have what it takes. I know people are counting on me. I know for some, their future and their eternity hangs in the balance today. So no pressure, man. I just really want people to know God. I know if they just get it, it will transform their lives. All right, Corey. Game on. Smile. Don't suck. Bring the energy. Let's go. So I'm, uh, I'm curious if I'm the only one that has a war going on in my mind. I'm, I wonder if I'm the only one that has these crazy thoughts all the time going on. It doesn't seem to matter, and it doesn't seem to matter what kind of a face I put on. We're talking about having there being a war going on in our minds. And I, I find myself regularly, and maybe you're this way, regularly battling or going back and forth between thoughts of faith and th thoughts of fear. Uh, moments where I feel like I really want to trust God and then moments where I would really like to be in control or want control or strive for control. Um, times where uh, maybe I love people and then times where I get very impatient or I get even angry or frustrated. And I find myself going back and forth back and forth, like almost like a ping pong match sometimes in my head with these lies and truth and lies and truth. So we're talking about the fact that our mind is a battlefield. This is week two of our series, Mind Games. And, and last week we said that, that our big takeaway, the one thing we wanted to establish was the idea that, that there is a battle and it is happening in our minds, that it is happening and it's going on between the six inches between our ears. And most of life's battles we talked about, kind of explored this idea last week, are actually won and lost in the mind. Uh, and we even talked about, we dug in on the fact that both scripture and neuroscience back this up. We're gonna dig deeper into this this weekend. But uh, so, so we have this battle going on. We have this game going on and we have, there's opponents and we're, we're, the, we're in the middle of it and there is, it's happening in our mind. But the good news is, anybody want some good news? Good news. The good news is that the, God, the word of God is powerful. That's the good news. And the good news is that it's not just powerful. It's not only powerful, it's helpful. It wants to help you. It wants to transform you. Uh, and it actually, we can actually renew our mind with the truth. So while there may be a battle going on and we find ourselves thinking things regularly that we don't want to have going on, the God of this universe has given us his word to help us with those thoughts. Last week, we talked about um, uh, showed you a scripture where the apostle Paul, who wrote part of the New Testament, basically said, you know, uh, we don't really wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wage war against real people. Well, I want to show you another scripture that's very similar to that. This time, we're going to camp out on just kind of three verses this weekend, and it's 2 Corinthians chapter 10. If you have your Bible or if you have your, your, your app or your version, 2 Corinthians 10, Paul is writing about this. He says, for though we live in the world, in this planet, we do not wage war as the world does. He says, the weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power 
to demolish strongholds. What he's saying is there's all kinds of fighting going on. There's verbal, there's weapons, there's spears and swords and guns. And he's like, we don't fight that way. Our biggest enemy is not with each other. It's not that way. He says, on the contrary, our weapons are not of this world, but it's, he's talking about the spiritual battle, again, that he references in many of his other letters. And he's talking about it happens in our mind. Now, it's interesting that he uses this word stronghold. Now, I don't know how many of you know this, but but. Uh, a stronghold was a, a, a something that was commonplace in the times that the Bible were written. In fact, it, it kind of made its way all the way into medieval times. And uh, a stronghold, here's kind of a rendering of a stronghold. A stronghold was actually um, a, a construct usually of, of, of walls and, and, and entrapments inside of the city wall. So the stronghold wasn't the wall itself. A stronghold was something that was inside the city. Um, once in a while, it would be um, to, to, to hide out from protection if you were getting um, like attacked from another region or something, you'd maybe put the women and the children in there. Uh, that's why we see um, them doing that in, in Helm's Deep in Lord of the Rings, some of you. I, I now have your attention. Um, but most often what they would do is they would, if there was a prisoner or somebody who was causing trouble in the city or the, the community, they would place them in the stronghold. It was literally a prison inside the city. It was, it was guarded, it was gated, it was a, a big construct. And they would, you were literally, if you got put in a stronghold, you were not just locked in the city, but you were locked in place and you were not getting out. And this is the imagery that Paul decides to talk about with these ideas of the thoughts, the war that goes on our mind, the, some of the things that we have to deal with. He refers to them as a stronghold. And, and, and Paul is kind of uh, alluding to this idea that our thoughts can very easily and very much become and create a stronghold for our life. For example, if you think that you will always be a victim, you probably will. If you think that by the power of Christ, you can overcome, you probably will. The life that we have, we said this last week, the life that we have is ultimately a reflection of the thoughts that we think. We said that last week, our thoughts are always moving in the direction, or I'm sorry, our lives are always moving in the direction of what? Our strongest thoughts. Our thoughts are dictating the direction of our lives. And so last week, uh, because you guys are all um, amazing church people, Christians, followers of Jesus, super obedient parishioners, all those things, um, your homework was to take an, do an audit or to take inventory or start to pay attention to what is going on in our mind. I asked the question, our homework was that what are the dominant or pre, like regularly things that we find going on in our minds? And we were to pay attention to them. Um, some of you, maybe you did that. Some of you, maybe you forgot. Uh, some of you like, man, I, I did, but it's somewhere else. So I just wanna help us because uh, in order to teach us what to do with these thoughts, it's gonna help us to maybe identify some things. So I just have a couple of categories where we can just push pause right now. And let's just audit our thoughts. Let's look at the direction our lives are going. So I, I created a scale and I just want you to, you don't have to say anything, but just kind of rate yourself or think about, uh, if you look at, at the screen up here and, and online, you'll have it on, on your, your lower thirds. Um, if I were to give you kind of the scale from worried to peaceful, like where would you put yourself today, right now in the here and now on that scale? Are you more over on the worried side, constantly like thinking about things, worried, anxiety, or is it more like, you know, God's got it, it's peaceful? Like, again, uh, where would you put yourself? And, and again, just kind of take inventory, audit. By the way, this is all you really need to do to audit your thoughts is kind of go, where do I, where do I find myself? Hopefully some of you found yourself recurring thoughts throughout the week, and, and, and if you did, um, we're gonna figure out how to demolish some of those strongholds today in Jesus' name. So um, excited about that. So worried to peaceful. Another one would be um, on the spectrum of negative to positive. 
Where are you at? Where would you, where would you put your thoughts somewhere between negative and positive? Is it way more over here towards like everything, if anything bad can happen, it will, or like more positivity, looking to uh, focus on the things that are positive. Uh, where would you find y- yourself? And of course, all the realists are really proud about being at a five. I understand that. Um, <laughs> But, but where would you find yourself in your thoughts? Last one, uh, and, and maybe, maybe the most important, I don't know, is from worldly to eternal. We talk, we've been talking a lot about God's kingdom not being of this world. We've been talking about uh, uh, that, that things are different in God's kingdom, um, world that's very different, worldly to eternal. Do you find yourself regularly focused on the here and now that this world is all there is, that what I have is all there is, or is it, there's something bigger that you understand there's an eternity to be had, that souls are in the balance, that, that it, it is more than just what happens right here in the here and now. Where would you find your thoughts. Again, just three simple things. Like, where are you? Are you in positive? Are you negative? Are you eternal? Are you worldly? Are you worried? Are you peaceful? And why, why, why are we talking about this? Why are we going to spend four weeks talking about this? Because your thoughts actually matter probably even more than you could imagine. Because what comes into your mind comes out in your life. What comes into your mind, and especially what camps out and stays there, comes out in your life. You maybe heard it said that I can't, uh, what is it? I can't stop a bird from landing on my head, but I can stop it from building a nest, right? You never, some of you never heard that. That's not, I'm not, it's not an original for me. I'm just reporting. Uh, but that's, that's, that's how thoughts work. Like, I mean, how many of you, I, I mean, I have, you guys, I have the craziest thoughts happen all the time. And I'm like, I, it was so freeing when I learned there's not something wrong with me when they come in. It's just more about what, what birds do I let build's nests right here, right? Because it's going to happen, uh, and so I get to pick the, the, the ones. Um, somebody, somebody was saying today, actually, we were at the men's breakfast, and Dave Drum, our men's director, he's a sheriff. He goes, you know, pastors and sheriffs are a lot alike. Uh, you know, he goes, people call us in their hour of need. Um, they, you know, they, dump, they expect us to solve all their problems, um, and, uh, and, you know, usually they, they, they kind of, blame us for, for things that, you know, if we can't fix it, they get angry with us because the only difference is like, I can punch somebody in the face and a pastor can't. Um, and we were laughing about that. I was like, but I think about it sometimes, you know, like that bird flies in once in a while, like you can't hit this guy. You know what I mean? Um, so that was in my notes. I just wanted to say it. Um, you're, you're welcome. So many of us feel better about our humanity right now. Um, but that's my point. Like, and, and, but the but point is, the more I think about hitting somebody, it actually could happen. Because what comes into our mind comes out in our lives. And here's what's, here's what's crazy about this. This is the great neutralizer. Because it doesn't matter what you have. doesn't matter what you know. It doesn't matter who you know. It doesn't matter where you go. You can't have a positive life in a negative mind. You can't find peace when all you have is worried thoughts. You can't be kingdom eternal minded, that biblical worldview, if all you are focused on are the here and now, no matter how many resources you have. And so we asked the question last week and hopefully we'll ask it every week. Do I like the direction my thoughts are taking me? I, several of you have, have been very affirming and complimentary of the importance of the series and, and, and where we're going and, and, and have been honest enough to say, thanks for making me think about it. My thoughts aren't taking me anywhere I wanna go. 
Some of you have found some things that you don't wanna have to find, self-hatred and, and judgment and uh, some, some pride and, 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 and independence, all kinds of things. And so I'm like, yes, that's good. And so what are we gonna do with these thoughts? Because the Bible just told us, again, God's word, this is gonna be the year of the word for Cape Christian. This is the year in the word. Me, you listening to me isn't gonna influence you spiritually near as much as you spend in time in God's word with yourself. The Bible just said that we have I'll throw up Corinthians um, 10, four again, or uh, verse four. We have divine power to demolish strongholds. That is the good news. And here's what I love about this. It doesn't say we have a little bit of power. We have divine power. We have God-given power. And it also doesn't say to like sneak in on the guards and pull them out in the middle of the night and hope we escape with our skin. It says demolish strongholds. So my Bible says that no matter how bad the trajectory of your life is heading because of how jacked up the thoughts are in your mind, if you will apply the truth in God's word, that God's gonna give you something that won't, again, this won't be a rivalry. We will demolish those strongholds. We're gonna carve some new paths and we're gonna head in a completely different direction with our thoughts, which means we're gonna head in a completely different direction with our lives. And that's exactly what some of us want. We want those new experiences. So well, how are we gonna do this? Two things. There's two things you have to do. This is not... Rocket science, it's simple, but you have to commit yourself to the work. Because some of you, if you, again, this is only gonna work if you do the, do the homework and follow this all four weeks. Week one was, what are the main thoughts? I'm a loser, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, I might make biggest mistakes, I'm shame, whatever it is, hopefully you know what it is. Maybe after this week, you'll be more motivated to go back, great. So what are we gonna do? Once we identify that, whether it's that audit or your own, we have to identify the biggest stronghold that holds us back. What's the, what's, what's the biggest stronghold that holds you back? Some of you are still making yourself pay for a mistake you made 25 years ago. And God would like to let you off the hook, let you out of prison and, and move on with your life. Some of you are still ashamed. Some of you have convinced yourself because of some of the mistakes or, or even the failures you've had that you're, you're a second tier citizen or you always have. Some of you because of your financial, whatever it is, you have to identify the stronghold. You have to know what it is. And here's why this matters. We're gonna talk a little neuroscience for a minute. Let's just talk about the, 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 the way God wired us. Because your negative thoughts, this is just basic neuroscience. You can find this anywhere. I've been kind of digging into it. It's really, really fascinating. Are literally changing the chemical makeup in your brain. Did you know that? There's no way around it. Again, it doesn't matter how much money you have, who you know, what you've done. Every thought you have creates a neurochemical change in your body. Every single thought, conscious and unconscious, known and unknown. That's why the cognitive behavioral therapy thing is just taken off like crazy. And so what happens is when you, this is crazy, this is how God made us. When you think a positive thought, this is just neuroscience, you actually get a very rewarding surge of neurotransmitters in your body that release a very legal drug into your body. It's true, every positive thought releases neurotransmitters and the surge that you experience is this thing called dopamine. It's how God made you to be. So it's, it's crazy. And every time it happens, it's, it's micro surges, micro surges. And, and we love the way it feels. It's those endorphins. And so you put something on social media and somebody likes or comments on it, dopamine. You do a good job on a, on a, on a presentation at work and somebody says, you know, you did a really good job, dopamine. Somebody compliments the way you look or the way your hair is or your jacket, dopamine. You accomplish a goal that you do or, or something you did last year, like I'm proud of myself, dopamine. And you literally, your body wants to reward you for positive thinking. And again, it's very legal because your body's doing it in, doing it to yourself. Now, here's what's crazy. 
Science and neuroscience now tells us that the more, and this is, where, this is why this so matters to some of us, the more often you think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought again. And this is why some of you are like, well, I tried it once and it didn't work. Well, you've been telling yourself for 40 years you're a loser, and one time somebody says that you're a child of God and you're worth more, and you're like, I like the way that felt, dopamine, but I went back to your loser. Well, you have to keep thinking that thought and you have to make yourself think that thought and you have to recognize it and you have to audit your thoughts because the more you think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought. If you actually, if you wanna get technical, here's how it works. Every time you think a thought, you actually create new neural pathways in your brain. We have billions of them, millions and billions of them. Um, you actually carve a groove into your brain called a synapse. Um, and every time you think that thought again, it's like you dig that groove or you dig that ditch or that pathway a little bit more. If the negative thoughts are happening, what happens is you're digging them, digging them, digging them, digging. You have to learn how to get out of them, get off of them. It's a lot of work. It's really hard. But the longer you stay off of them, the more they kind of uh, wipe themselves away. And it's, you, the longer you stay off of a path, the easier it is to stay off. The more you get on one, the easier it is to stay on one. This is constantly happening. It's fascinating stuff. And so here's why this matters. Because whatever we have been thinking starts to become our default thought. Whatever's your go-to starts to become your thought. And we talked about this last week, but basically if you believe a lie long enough, your life will be impacted as though it was true, even if it's a complete lie. We talked about it last week. And, and then what happens? You get stuck literally in a rut called a groove, called a synapse that your brain created by neural pathways with that stronghold. And so I have to identify the biggest stronghold because probably for most of us, that's a pretty deep ditch that we just can't be like, oh, I'm gonna hop off the path. Like we have to crawl out, like stink and find some sort of ladder, get some angel from heaven to pull us out because we've been literally like, I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck. I, I mean, we've just been like for two decades. And sometimes it's because what we tell ourselves and sometimes it's because of, of something that we've been told by somebody else or, or something that happened to us and we created a narrative, narrow, uh, narrative about it. And so it's literally the idea, it's similar to like walking the same pathway. Imagine um, going to your mail, get your mail every day and you walk the same path like hundreds, hundreds, thousands and thousands of times. You literally create a new pathway. And so here's what we're gonna do with God's help and with God's word, we're gonna get off some old paths and we're gonna get on some new paths. So it, it's literally like this. It's like you have your brain is like this little grass hill or whatever. And it's like, you just, we walk this path, whatever that big, most dominant thought is, we're gonna pay attention to that. And what we're gonna do for some of us that that is a stronghold in our life that is dictating an outcome that we don't want, we're gonna get off that path and we're gonna carve a new path. That's, and that's what neuroscience wants to do, says to do, and that's what the word of God, and here's why, well, we'll pass through, this is all science. Well, no, science kind of explains how, what's going on, but the solution is the divine power to demolish strongholds, and that's the spirit and the word of God. So it's not, so science alone isn't gonna do this for you, it's just gonna help you understand what's happening. Come on, somebody. So Paul, in another letter to a different group of Christians in Romans, says it this way. This is what this is going to look like. He says in Romans 12, 2, he says, so do not conform or walk the path of the world to the pattern of the world, but be transformed. Come on. Not just tweak. He wants you to be transformed by trying harder to be better. No. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul's saying, we're not gonna follow the world's path. We're gonna create new pathways. We're gonna think different thoughts and we're gonna experience divine transformation that helps us demolish strongholds that's literally gonna change the trajectory of my life. And the reason I'm so passionate about it is it's happened in my life and I've seen it literally work in other people's lives. And some of you, like, you don't even know how bad this is what you've been waiting your whole life to hear. 
Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, that it's good and pleasing and perfect. There's, he's saying then and only then you're gonna actually get to experience God's goodness, his blessing and the things that he has for you. But I pray for it all the time and I go to church and I serve and I even tithe and gave to the vision offering. But if we don't address the stronghold thoughts in our mind, it doesn't matter because that's where the divine power, we're gonna lay the word of God over those strongholds and we're just gonna see what it happens. And so for some of us, let's just start asking some questions. What path do you need to stay off of? Maybe you have a crazy day at work and your tendency is to come home and yell at your spouse, yell at your kids, kick the dog, whatever it is. It's always kick the dog. No one ever kicks their cat. I don't know why it works that way. Cats are too quick. That's the old pathway. I, I, I've had a crazy day. I'm going to take it out of my family. Well, maybe what if instead you count to three or 10 or a thousand for some of you? And you walk a different path and instead you say, I'm sorry. And you try harder, you say a prayer and you walk a different path. Oh, pastor, you have no idea how hard that is. Oh, I probably do. But if you don't at some point address the stronghold and start a new path, it's never gonna change because insanity is keeping you to do the same things over and over and expecting different results. Well, pastor, I pray for this all the time. Yeah, guess what? He brought you a four week series on what to do. So now do it. He's answering your prayer. You know, right? Like, you, that, that was good. Well, I just thought he would just magically motivate me. It's like, you know, like the guy who's stuck in a hurricane and I prayed to the Lord that he would save me and a boat came by and I'm like, no, God's gonna save me. And the boat left and I prayed to the Lord and then a helicopter came by like, hey, do you need a ride? Like, no, God's gonna save me. And he dies in the hurricane and, you know, gets to heaven. And he's like, well, God, what happened? I thought you were gonna save me. He's like, well, I sent a boat. I sent a, you know, a helicopter, you know, but you just, you know, it's like that. How many of us, that's us. Like, well, I just wanted God to change it. Or maybe for some of us, it's not a crazy day at work. Maybe you, maybe you feel bad about yourself, and so there's just a direct path to the freezer. Like, literally. Maybe it's not the freezer. Maybe it's a certain type of music. Maybe it's a certain type of TV show, something to feed a mood in you that just continues to dig that stinking stronghold groove over and over. Why? So maybe some sort of substance. It's one beer, then it's three beers, then it's six beers. Why? To numb the pain, help to ignore the... And here's what are we trying to do. Most of us are trying to ignore reality, which is what? The big giant stronghold we don't want to have. Well, like, look, what if we just knock the stronghold down and we can live freely in the city and be who God made us to be? That's what he has for us. So instead of go to the freezer or go to the YouTube or go to pornography or go to the music, what if you decide to maybe walk around your yard or walk around the block? Now you're getting exercise. Do you want to know what happens to you chemically when you get exercise? Dopamine. dopamine. <laughs> you get some dopamine. You feel a little bit better, literally, physically, spiritually, mentally. And you're like, maybe I don't need a gallon of Ben and Jerry's. Maybe I don't need five beers tonight. Maybe I don't need to listen to sappy music to romantic music with the notebook on in the background to remind me how lonely I am and no one's ever gonna love me. It's always, will always be the notebook for me. <laughs> when we're bored, what do we do? Right, we get bored. We get on our phone, we look at Facebook or Instagram or TikTok and one of two things will inevitably happen. It takes five seconds for us to see somebody who said something we disagree with and now we're angry and wanna change the world with our keyboard. <laughs> oh yeah, well, Dr. So-and-so on so-and-so network said. Like you were fine until you did that. Like I had a pretty good day. No, they didn't. <laughs> or you pull up Instagram and you look at how great everybody else's life is and you immediately hate your own life because their highlight reel is way better than your Tuesday. Right? 
Well, what if instead we're gonna create a new path? Come on, somebody. And I'm not going to Facebook or Instagram right away. And I grab 21 Days of Prayer booklet, which you can also make digitally and put it as an app on your phone. I did that, and I'm not even good at technology. Now, I'm gonna read it, and why? I'm gonna put something different in my brain because I want a different direction for my life. I'm gonna create new paths. Yeah, but I feel like looking at Instagram. Well, of course you do. That rut is like 10 feet deep into the ditch on your brain, figuratively speaking. You know, and you don't feel at all like doing the right thing, but we're gonna create new pathways. And so, and here's the best news. Here's the best news. The more we walk on the new path, the easier it is to stay on the new path. And the longer we stay off the old path, the easier it gets to get off the old path. I don't know if I can do it. You probably can't. Good news. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead wants to come and give you the power that you don't have inside of you to do this for yourself so that you can have a testimony of how good God is in spite of your broken humanity and that all men would know him. That's the the plan. So for some of us, maybe the first path is, well, I don't even know. Well, start to think you can. Like God, you're right, I can't. God can. Why, what makes you say that? Well, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God wants this for you. So that's our assignment. So, but here's where we're gonna start. We're gonna, just one, one stronghold thought. We're not gonna go with all 55 of them. <laughs> we're not gonna do all 37. We're not gonna go all 86. Your main, most of us have one big stronghold and you don't have to do a big, long prayer retreat to audit to find out what it is. So we're gonna focus on just that one. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna identify it. Maybe it's that I'm not lovable. Maybe it's that I'll never be good enough. Maybe it's that I'll always be broke. I'm always gonna be a have not. I'll never be wealthy. I'll never be healthy. I'll never be whatever, whatever it is. And here's what you have to do. We're talking about identifying it. You have to name it. Somebody say, name it. Name it. it. You have, we're not gonna be, oh, oh, I'm gonna pretty. No, we have to name it because you cannot defeat what you do not define. You cannot defeat what you do not define. There's a whole bunch of NFL teams playing in the playoffs this week. They're not just gonna show up and be like, we don't really know who we play. We don't really know what they're gonna do. We don't know anything about their quarterback. We don't know their schemes. We don't know their tendencies. We're just gonna kind of do what we've always been doing and just hope that we win. Nobody's doing that. They've been spending all week naming specifically their enemy, their foe, their opponent. Why? Because they wanna get the upper hand. You cannot defeat what you do not define. And as we said last week, you cannot change what you do not confront. So I'm gonna have to name it. I'm gonna be honest with myself that I actually think I'm better than everybody else. I think sometimes it's easier to say that I hate myself than I actually think I'm better than somebody else. But some of us, that's our stronghold. You actually think you're better than people. You think you're God, you have more value. Well, God wants to help you build new pathways and it will affect the way that you treat people that you view as less than you. Some of us, we could use that too. So we're gonna identify the stronghold. That's number one, right? Number two, somebody say number two. After we identify it, now we're gonna name the truth that demolishes the stronghold. Did you remember that said it demolishes? We're gonna take every thought and we're gonna demolish it. See, because uh, wh- why, why does that matter? Why, why, why would we have to name the truth that demolishes the stronghold? Well, why does the truth matter? Oh, the words of Jesus in John 8 said, oh, by the way, you will know the truth and it will be the truth that sets you free. The thing that's gonna get you out of that stronghold is the truth. And so we're gonna name, we're gonna confront the, the, the stronghold, the lie, and then we're actually going to apply the truth to it because he says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The lie is what puts you in the stronghold. It's what put you in spiritual, spiritual bondage. It's what put you in prison, mental and emotional too. So the truth is gonna be the, be the thing that lets you out. Some of us are living a life based on a lie and now it can change by the grace and the power of God. The last verse in our scripture in 2 Corinthians 10, Paul goes on to say this. He says, here's how we're gonna demolish strongholds. He goes, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, the truth of God, what's true about God. And he says, and we take captive every thought. 
not intentions, not actions. We are gonna take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We're gonna take every stronghold, every thought, every groove, every pathway, and we are going to make it obedient to the truth. And guess what the truth is gonna do? It's gonna demolish the stronghold. Do you see how like actually practical and doable this is based on even what neuroscience is saying? This is how God wired you. It's we're gonna find those old paths. We're gonna get off them in order to get on new ones. We're not just gonna be like, oh, self-help. No, we have to find the biblical truth and we're gonna let the truth squash that thing. And it may not happen overnight because some of us have been on the same path 10, 20, 30 years. And so one time we're not gonna be like, oh, all of a sudden I love people, love God, love myself, love my life. Pastor lied to me right? Because the devil's the father of lies. We talked last week, we can't even win for winning. So we're going to take captive. You know what's really interesting about this idea, take captive? I love this. This is just fascinating to me. That idea of take captive in the Greek term, it actually means to uh, not just capture like, ha ha, you're locked in the chains. It actually means to attack with a sword or a spear. So how are we going to take thoughts captive? Somebody, you already know where I'm going with this. We're going to take a thought captive. We're gonna demolish a stronghold. We're gonna take it captive. How are we gonna take it captive? We're gonna capture it? No, we're literally going to attack it with a sword or a spear. Well, when Ephesians 6, when Paul is talking about that we've been given the armor of God to do this, he talks about a helmet and he talks about shoes and a belt and a breastplate and it's all defensive stuff, but he says, we do have one offensive weapon. And he says, and you've been given the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So how are we gonna demolish strongholds? I believe I'm a good person, I believe I'm a good person. No, 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 I'm gonna open the truth and I'm going to name and acknowledge and confront the actual stronghold. God, I believe that I'm not good enough, I'm insecure, I wonder if I have what it takes. I'm afraid I'm gonna ruin people's future and eternity and I put so much pressure on but your word says that I'm more than a conqueror and you see my heart even more than my actions and that, 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 that people are not to trust in me and trust in you. And so God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I believe that if I do this with all my heart and I do it for you, that, that at the end of the day, that people are gonna see you and they're gonna be glorified to you. God, I hate myself, but you say that you dance over me. You say that you think of me more than there are stars in the sky here in Psalm 139 and and more than there is sand in the shore. And and everything you say about me is the opposite of the groove and the path that I've been on. So I want to get on a new pathway. I mean, it says you just take delight in me. You said that you're you're rich in mercy. You're you're, you're rich and you're super patient. You're slow to get angry. God, I I have this picture that you're not. You're like angry and you're ready to pounce on me, but it says, so you gotta help me demolish that stronghold. We're gonna take the sword and we're gonna take it captive because we're gonna put the truth over the stinking stronghold lie and it's gonna demolish the strongholds and every argument and every pretension in your life. We call this series Mind Games, but it's not a game. Some of you, you've been waiting your whole life for this. So what's your stronghold? What's your stronghold? What is it? What is the dominant lie that your spiritual enemy has tried to use to destroy your faith, destroy your marriage, destroy your life, destroy your relationship? What's the stronghold? He's tried to kill your relationships, tried to rob your intimacy with God. What is it? I can tell you what one of mine is. It's haunted me from a young age, a little kid that I am never enough. I'm never good enough. Oldest child, dad was my boss, youth pastor, coach, uncle was my pastor, so much pressure that I was never gonna be good enough for my family. I was never gonna be good enough for my church. I was never gonna be good enough for for the people. I can't please everyone. Even now as a pastor, we have this amazing thing and God is moving, but I can't do all the weddings and I can't meet with everybody and I disappoint people. Literally every week I have to tell somebody no and I'm like, man, I hope they don't take this out on you, God, and and I'm never gonna be enough. And here's the deal. The deal, there is some truth to that because of my sinful nature and because of my human limitations. 
but I have to demolish that and I have to go, you know, God, I'm nobody's savior. I'm a broken disciple. I'm, I'm, I'm a broken disciple on my best day. My job isn't to be anybody's hero, but it's to point them to the one who is. Amen. But it's, it's true, it's me. And I have to understand that there's a power in me that's more than enough. What's the truth? Second Peter, the, the lead disciple of Jesus, he wrote it this way in Second Peter 1. He said, God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Come on, somebody. He's given us everything we need. I don't know if I can do it. You're right, you probably can't. Great news, if you surrender your life to Christ, if you make your, your, his, your heart room for him and you let him be the one who runs the show, his divine power, there's that word divine again, is gonna give us everything you need for a godly life. Well, how's he gonna do that? Well, he's gonna demolish strongholds. How's he gonna do that? He's gonna help us identify old paths. We're gonna name it, we're going to confront it, and then we're gonna start building new paths, and we're gonna do it with the sword of the spirit. We're gonna take captive, we're gonna fight it with truth, and maybe, just maybe, the trajectory of our life will be so different because our thoughts are always say, sending our life uh, in a certain direction. I love the beautiful, I love the practicality of it. I love the simplicity of it. I love the science of it. I love the truth of it. I love the fruit that it's yielded in my life in my feeble attempt to apply it on some level. So what does it mean? Oh, I can't do it. No, no, no. Versus I can do all things through Christ. Oh, I hate the way I look. No, no, no. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. Oh, I just feel depressed. No, the joy of my Lord. The Lord is my strength. Oh, I just feel so much anxiety. He said, peace be with you when he left us. Oh, I'm always gonna be alone. You know what? God is always gonna be with me. He's never gonna leave me. And even if I don't have somebody else, God can be enough to sustain me. Oh, I'm always gonna be a victim. No, my Bible says that I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. There is literally a truth to lay over the top of every lie that's a stronghold in your life. And it wa God wants to use it to demolish your stronghold, whatever it is that holding is holding you back because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Because I said earlier, what comes into your mind comes out in our lives. What comes into your mind comes out in your life. Some of us, we need new things to come into our mind. So better things come out into our life. You cannot have a positive faith-filled life with a negative fear-filled mindset. You just can't. So what are we going to do? We're going to capture the thoughts. We're going to name it and we're going to replace it. That's what we're going to do. We're going to capture it. We're going to name it. We're going to confront it. And then we're gonna replace it. And we're gonna do it over and over. We're gonna do it multiple times a day. We're gonna do it multiple times throughout the week. In 21 days of prayer, again, is not, and the word is not just about like, oh, I check my box. It's like, read it again, read it again, read it again, say it again. Say, some of you need to hear yourself say some of these things about yourself, not just think it, not hear somebody else say it. Some of you need to look yourself in the mirror. Every year we would do this when I ran my leadership college and I would make all of my college students stand in front of a mirror and we had a bunch of truths they had to read out loud. And none of them felt it. They all cried. It was super awkward. Why? Because they didn't believe any of it. But what they didn't know, what we knew at them is we were, we were creating new paths before they even knew they were creating new paths. We were starting to demolish strongholds because it's not about if you feel it, it's about if it's true. So you don't have to wait till you feel it. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Oh, by the way, truth isn't just a concept. It's a person. And his name is Jesus. And he said in John, I am the way, I am the truth. If you want to get to the Father, you come through me. So it's not just a concept, it's actually a person. And so I'm going to ask everybody just to bow your heads and close your eyes. Uh, even if you're watching online, just join us in this prayer. Heavenly Father, today we ask in Jesus' name, by the power of your word, that you would help us to renew our minds. God, I pray that you would set people free. You would set us free 
all across this auditorium, all across this worship center, if you're online, if you would just say, if you're here and you would just say, uh, pastor, this is me, I just need God's help in this process. There's some strongholds that need to come down. I need help, please pray for me. If that's you, just slip your hand up and I just wanna say a prayer for you. If you're online, just raise a hand. I just wanna pray for you, I wanna include all of you. Hands everywhere, I see those hands, you can put them down. I need help. There's a war in my mind. I wanna name the stronghold. I need God's truth to set me free. God, renew our minds. So I'm gonna pray right now for every single person, virtually or in person, who raised their hand. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that by your divine power, you would do this. You would help us to identify those stronghold thoughts. God, that you would, by your divine power, demolish strongholds, that we would have the courage to, to change it, to, to, to confront it, to name it. And God, that we would, uh, that we would see you bring us uh, freedom, that we would start to carve new paths. We would get off old pathways and get onto new paths. And God, we just thank you that your divine power, we don't have to do all the work. We just have to lean into you. We have to trust you. And so God, I pray for your supernatural power. I pray for a breaking of strongholds, of thought lives, of, of mindsets. And God, may we experience the transformation that you have for us as we apply your word to our lives. God, would you change our thinking and change our lives? In Jesus' name. Last thing I wanna do is this, one more prayer. Maybe the, maybe the biggest path you need to get off is you've had wrong ideas or wrong thoughts about God. Maybe it's that you thought he's angry, that, that he is upset with you, that you're too far gone, that you're used goods, that he could never forgive you. Well, that's not what the Bible, that's not what the truth says. The truth says that you have a loving heavenly father who could not love you anymore. He is in heaven and he loves you. If you try to be perfect, he's not gonna love you any less. If you, if you, he's not gonna love you anymore. If you mess up, he's not gonna love you any less. In fact, he came and lived the earth like us. He came to be like us in the person of Jesus. Who was Jesus? He was the perfect human, fully God. And he said, I'm the way, I'm the truth. And he lived a perfect life as a perfect gift, as an innocent sacrifice. So he would die raised from the dead and anybody who would submit or surrender their life to him, he would come in there and the same power he used to demolish every sin, forgive every sin, demolish every single stronghold he wants to put in you. If you would just simply say, I want to follow, I want to submit, I want to surrender my life to you. He, for some of us, we just need to get off an old sinful path an unbelieving path and we need to get on a path that turns towards Jesus. And so if you're here today and I don't want, I'm not gonna embarrass you, I'm not gonna have, after you raise your hand, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. We're just all gonna repeat this prayer together because nobody prays alone here at Cape Christian. And if that's you and, and you, here's the cool thing. The Bible says God sees your heart. So if you're praying this and this is what you need, he knows this is for you. We're just gonna join you. And I just wanna invite you to repeat this prayer after me and then we will dismiss. Repeat this after me. You can pray online with me if you want as well. Heavenly Father, forgive my sins. Jesus, save me. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit. Fill my mind with truth. Renew my mind so I can follow you, so I can live for you. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody celebrate big for how good God is. Amen.